Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's approval rating has reached record lows, which is really strange, especially since this administration has been focusing in on the issues that matter, like racist trees and roads. On top of that, the Rittenhouse trial is ongoing and the case is so clear cut that the prosecution literally facepalmed mid-trial. Also, what's going on with the mysterious deaths surrounding the giraffes at the Dallas Zoo and what happened at the rap concert this past weekend that left attendees saying they felt like they were in hell? All that and more in tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Before we delve in, please remember to go to my website, sassesofficial.com, where you can always find all of my videos because a lot of them get deleted off of YouTube or even podcast. So go to my website where you can always find everything. And speaking of podcast, please remember to leave a five-star review on this podcast if you do like it. It can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, the website as well, anywhere you can find podcasts. Go leave a five-star review if you like the show. And finally, follow me on savsays.locals.com. Locals is another platform where you guys can support me if you'd like to do so. So go check out all of those platforms. And without further ado, let's delve into this weekend's news. Now, every single weekend gets crazier than the last, and we're opening up the show tonight with the fact that Joe Biden... And Kamala Harris's approval rating has completely plummeted. Now, this article came out today from USA Today. Gloomy landscape for Democrats in midterms as Biden's approval drops to 38 percent in a new poll. So that's what's currently going on with Joe Biden. But let's check in on Kamala Harris and see uh, how she's holding up here. Well, apparently for Kamala, her approval rating fell to 28 percent, a historic low for any modern vice president. Harris hit a historic low approval rating of 28%, even lower than Dick Cheney's all-time worst, which is just baffling to me because who doesn't love Kamala Harris? Who doesn't love listening to this woman cackle like Satan all day, every day? It's so crazy to me. This administration has really been on top of things, and we've seen them truly care about the American public. Joe Biden speaks to every single American and member of the media with the utmost respect. The economy is doing great. Our president is coherent at that. And Kamala Harris is one of the most likable people in politics. So it's just baffling to me that she's at a 28 percent approval rating and Joe Biden hits his new low of 38 percent. Just kidding. Nobody, absolutely nobody is surprised by this because Joe Biden is absolutely preposterous as a president. And many speculate, too, that he's just a puppet that's been put in place and he's being told what to do with America, what to do every single day. And that seems very apparent with the fact that he's not even allowed to answer specific questions from specific press members that he wants to call on. Remember that Joe Biden is given cards with the names of reporters that he's supposed to call on. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, that reporter over there. Oh, sorry, you can't, uh, you can't ask me a question because you're not allowed to ask me a question. I'm, I'm sorry. Actually, everyone's got to go. That's essentially Joe Biden to the media every single day. So maybe that's why his approval rating is so low, or maybe it's because it was found out that this administration is trying to pay upwards of $450,000 to illegal immigrants who were separated from their children at the border during the Trump administration. Now, Peter Ducey, one of the only journalists who actually asks real questions to anyone in this administration, was talking to Jean-Pierre, who is the fill-in press secretary, because good old vaccinated Jen Psaki has COVID-19 right now. Well, he asked her about the $450,000 payouts to illegals, and this is what she had to say. Is there any kind of discussion about giving people who are coming here the right way money? Why would I, 
why would we be giving people who are coming here the white ray money? Why are you giving people who came here the wrong? I, I mean, but I I don't understand the the, the question. What is the, you're saying that we should give immigrants. we should we should give people just money who are coming through? I don't understand the question. You're giving people who immigrated here illegally money. Like I said, like I said, that's the Department of Justice. That's you're going to have to ask them that question. Like I said, this administration has no idea what's going on with taxpayer funds, and uh, you're going to have to ask somebody else about that. I'm the press secretary. Do you think that it's my job to answer questions regarding where your funding is going, Americans? You think that it's my job as the press secretary of America to know what's going on with the news? Please, please cut this press secretary a break. She doesn't know what's going on. Neither does Joe Biden or Kamala Harris for that matter. And um, really every American has no idea what's going on, which is why we're seeing uh, pictures like this pop up on Twitter. The Hill puts out this headline. Energy secretary says she hopes gas prices won't reach $4. And then it's positioned next to a Fox News tweet that reads, Biden administration considering shutting down another pipeline, drawing criticism and dire warnings as winter nears. Well, I, for one, think that shutting down another U.S. pipeline is a great idea. I mean, it's kind of like the stock market at this point or the crypto market. I'm just waiting to see how high up we can get, you know, um, Bitcoin and Ethereum have reached record highs today. Can our gas prices also reach record highs? I swear to you guys, uh, I finally moved to a new apartment, so I'm closer to work and I don't have to gas my car up as much. But in the one week time frame that I didn't have to gas my car, I swear gas rose like 20 to 25 cents and I was baffled. And I was like, okay, wait, gas was $2 last week. Now it's up to three. I'm so confused. Clearly it wasn't like a full dollar jump there, but we are seeing gas prices soar exponentially, and now we have our energy secretary saying, well, we just kind of hope that it doesn't reach $4, and simultaneously Joe Biden's like, well, maybe we should shut down another pipeline. I feel like that's the way that we're going to get through this, this really difficult time. Our energy secretary also was on a... I believe this is a CNN show or MSNBC talking about uh, what's to come in regards to our energy crisis right now, in regards to the the government's response to covid uh, this is what she had to say know that the uh, all of the economists uh that the president has been relying on suggest that there is a transitory nature nature to the inflation uh problem as we move through the the pandemic and we want to make sure that we get everybody vaccinated so that we can unclog the bottlenecks that that we've been seeing okay so I want to focus in on the last portion of what she said there. She said, we want to make sure we get everybody vaccinated so we can unclog the bottlenecks that we've been seeing. And I cut this clip a bit short. It was about 40 seconds. And in the beginning, she's talking about energy prices rising ahead of winter, how she doesn't really know what's going to happen, but she'll keep everybody posted and everybody updated. But in this clip specifically, she's talking about uh, skyrocketing prices of goods and ends with, we want to make sure that everybody's vaccinated so we can unclog the bottlenecks that that we've been seeing. So what she's essentially saying here 
is, yes, the government is the problem with the supply chain. Yes, the government is the reason why the economy can't get back up and running, the reason why we've seen all these disruptions, the reason why the energy prices in our country are soaring. It's because of the government mandate for people to get vaccinated. But of course, in this entire clip, she goes, oh, well, it's the vaccinated people, the unvaccinated people's fault. It's because American workers don't want to abide by our forced mandate. And so it's really the American people's fault that this is happening. No, let's reiterate what she actually just said. Until the people listen to this government mandate and essentially give up their bodies to the government and to science, then our economy is never going to get back to normal. So uh, that's what's currently going on. And like I read in that previous tweet, we have the energy secretary essentially saying she hopes prices of gas don't get up to $4 and she's going to blame the unvaccinated, not the fact that the government is imposing these illegal and unconstitutional mandates on anybody. No, we're not going to look at that at all. Um, so that's happening. And then simultaneously, Joe Biden is talking about potentially shutting down a pipeline, but maybe that's inaccurate information. Let's listen to uh, Peter Ducey again talking to the fill in press secretary about this pipeline and the inaccurate reporting going on around the Biden administration trying to shut it down. So again, I would, it is inaccurate what you just stated, What's but, so but the, the reporting, the reporting about uh, us wanting to shut down the line five. I said, is it, is it being studied right now? Is the administration studying the impact of shutting down yeah. the line five? Yes, so, we are. We are. So that, inaccurate? Well, I thought you were saying that we were going to shut it down, no. but that is, that is not inaccurate. Be, okay, great, 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 great. But uh, the army. Okay, so we're not trying to shut it down. We're just studying to see what's going to happen if and potentially when we shut it down. I love how politicians and press secretaries and all our members of the media love to do this to us. That is so inaccurate. That's false news. And anybody who posts that the Biden administration is trying to shut down another U.S. pipeline, your misinformation, you're false and you're going to get deleted because you can't say that because we're not trying to shut it down. We're just studying the effects of what's going to happen if we do shut it down. So those two things have no correlation at all. And uh, let's look at this this new pipeline that they're 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 studying right now. What is it? What does it do? It is the. Um, I don't want to get this wrong here. It's the Line 5 pipeline from Michigan to Canada. Um, from Fox News, a Biden administration considering shutting down Michigan pipeline, drawing criticism and dire warnings as winter nears. Uh, the Biden administration's energy policies have drawn criticism as gas prices surge heading into the winter months. And how much uh, oil does this pipeline move? Probably not that much, right? Well, Line 5 is part of a network that moves crude oil and other petroleum products from Western Canada. Transporting about 540,000 barrels per day, petroleum is, petroleum is taken from the pipeline in Michigan. And again, the administration has yet to decide on what to do with Line 5, and officials were gathering information only to present a clear picture of the situation, according to sources who spoke to political. It's like in the reconciliation bill of how in that bill, they kind of snuck in uh, driving tax to potentially tax drivers per mile. But they were saying, well, we're not imposing a driving tax. Come on, that's crazy. We would never do that. We are just sneaking into said bill that the taxpayers are paying for that we want to study how easy that would be to implement. 
So it's all just studies, guys. Everyone's a conspiracy theorist. The government loves us very much. And they're conducting all of these studies, not because they're trying to implement a per mile driving tax or trying to implement the shutting down of another U.S. pipeline, further driving up gas prices and energy prices. It's none of that. They're just merely studying everything. Okay, guys? Um, Just like we are constantly studying uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, he really shouldn't be in that position, but he is. It really is all about um, who you know, not what you know, isn't it? Yes, and we're seeing that with every single thing that comes out of Pete Buttigieg's mouth. Again, going back to those low approval ratings of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris after listening to, what, two members of their administration now, I am genuinely shocked and in awe that their approval rating is so low. I genuinely don't know what's wrong with America right now. Uh, Let's listen to another member of the administration and see if we can't get that approval rating up. This is what uh, Pete Buttigieg had to say about racist roads. Let's listen. That's where we target those those dollars. You know, I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or it would have been, uh, in New York was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Um, I don't. Th- so true, so true. Our roads are so racist, you guys, okay? So racist that, in fact, black and Puerto Rican or Hispanic people are not allowed to drive on said highways. Also, uh, they've never been able to go to the beach ever in America because there aren't alternative forms of transportation or ways to get to the beach. It's just pretty much all racist in this country, and our roads are to blame. The uh, systemic racism that our entire country is rooted in, it's just disgusting, and it's so great that we have a a member of the LGBTQ community really guiding our transportation in America, making sure that everything is flowing. We all know that, you know, during that big cargo ship debacle in LA, when all the cargo ships started piling up, uh, well, Pete Buttigieg was kind of just nowhere to be found because uh, some surrogate had a baby and then he had to take time off with his husband to go take care of said baby and then recover from um, the birth because that is how things work in America now. So shout out to our transportation secretary. We've now heard from three members of this administration and um, I'm done being sarcastic. I think we can see why the approval rating is so low. That's for Joe Biden. That's a little bit of his administration. But of course, we can't forget the biggest part of said administration, and that is Kamala Harris, who has the record low vice president approval rating in modern day history. Congratulations to Kamala Harris on that one. I knew she was going to get it, but really seeing her achieve it in live time. I love it. I love to see my women of color just out here achieving. Now, On top of our roads being racist, let's take a peek into what else is racist uh, per Kamala Harris and also why her approval rating is probably at record lows right now. This is Kamala Harris interrupting a NASA presentation to ask if uh, NASA can measure trees as a part of environmental justice. Climate adaptation strategies. Can you you measure um, trees? Part of that data that you're referring to in in EJ's environmental justice, but you can also track... By race, there are averages in terms of the number of trees in the neighborhood where people live. Thank you so much to Kamala Harris. Shout out to the VP for really asking the questions that matter to NASA scientists. 
Can we measure trees in regards to neighborhoods to understand the racial discrimination that minority communities have faced, not because they geographically chose to live in a said location, but because of racism? Uh, Obviously, in America, every single person that lives in a specific area has to stay there. And if you have no access to get to the beach because you can't get on the highway because you're brown, well, I'm sorry, there's nothing that we can do for you. Uh, There's really no opportunity in this country to get ahead, uh, walk to the beach, go on a highway, or even breathe clean air, truly. If you're in a low-income neighborhood, uh, you will literally just see white men along the roadways chopping down trees because the levels of racism in this country, its they're disgusting. They're truly disgusting. Okay, so that was... Kamala, Pete Buttigieg, Jean-Pierre, fill-in, press secretary, and Stephanie Grisham, Energy Secretary of Energy. I believe that's her name. Uh, So we heard from four members of this administration, and after listening to all four, you tell me if you are baffled as to why Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have record low approval rating. How do you think they're doing with the state of America? We're not even a year in yet. And people are already, not even just people, okay? I'm not even talking about the right wing. The left wing at this point are pulling their hair out because they're so embarrassed by Joe Biden. And for some reason, Joe Biden's bowel movements or flatulence is always trending on Twitter or in the news somehow, whether or not that's fact checkers saying, yes, this is true or false, or if it's a trend that's going on on Twitter, leftists debunking it or the right wingers pushing it. Um, That's where we're currently at. Also, Women are being kicked out of hockey games now for wearing Let's Go Brandon shirts because Joe Biden, who had the most votes out of any president, 81 million, let me remind you, um, he is so popular that people are chanting Let's Go Brandon and wearing that phrase on their shirts, which is now getting in the kicked out of sporting events. And, um, you know, for those of you who may not have read that NPR article that barely came out a week ago, even though this is a trend has been going on for about a month or two now, uh, for those of you who may not know, let's go Brandon is code for F Joe Biden. People are getting kicked out now for wearing those shirts. And after seeing this entire administration, maybe we see a little bit as to why People are chanting that maybe just a tad bit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But luckily for us, we have the leftists. We have the liberals. We have the left wing media to come in and save the day. Because what happens when terms that the right uses get really popular or they start, you know, gaining traction in the media and in the real world? What ends up happening? Well, we see this little thing called uh, manipulation of our language, right? Everything becomes racist. You can't say this word. You can't say that word. Everything gets a little bit manipulated. So that way our language gets more and more constricted, which has led us to where we are currently at today, where on YouTube, I'm not allowed to talk about half the things I do. I do anyway, which is why I get deleted all the time, because certain words are considered harassment and bullying and you can't say them. Well, one of these words might be the word woke. Joel D. Anderson, who is a writer for Slate, one of the most credible media sources. Yes, Slate. Yeah, Slate. What a joke. So he's a writer for Slate. He says, if you're not black and started using woke pejoratively sometimes post-2018 or so, or worse, don't know anything about the earlier iteration of the term, I think it's fair to consider it a racial slur. Yeah, guys, saying the term to woke 
is now racist. I hope you guys are happy. This is the new America. We can't say woke. We can't say tranny. We can't say anything out in these streets. All we can say is that white people are bad. And that's that's pretty much it. That's what the language that we have to define ourselves down to. And that's all we're allowed to say. We're not allowed to say that critical race theory is fake. Even though the left says that critical race theory is real, we need to teach our children critical race theory so they're not racist. Uh, you know, add that to the long, long list of things that we're not allowed to say on top of let's go Brandon, on top of men can't get periods, only women can. I mean, I'm getting myself in big trouble right here listing out all of these off-limits phrases, okay? Please, everyone, read George Orwell's 1984 where they talk about how the language was manipulated in that book and why it was such an important thing, and you'll understand the modern a little bit more. So per this slate writer, using the word rope, woke could be considered a racial slur, but it's not just slate writers. We got our girl AOC, one of the most powerful and vocal members in Congress who's just out here making change. She says, Woke is a term pundits are now using as a derogatory euphemism for civil rights and justice. Making up woke problem, making up a woke problem results in putting civil and voting rights on the back burner. In a year, state legislators are planning out GOP majorities and voter suppression, and it's just so dangerous, you guys. So, like, if you're using the word woke and you don't understand the derogatory euphemism that could be tied to it when you're using it for progressives, um, you're racist now, and you will be canceled and kicked out of your job, and we'll make sure that you're never able to pay your bills again. That's the modern day left, and that's the continued manipulation of our language. So, guys, remember, you heard it here first. Make sure you don't say woke because you will then be called a racist. Just kidding. Keep saying it. You know, I'm a free speech absolutist on this damn platform, and I say everything under the sun. And I've also decided that I'm a homophobic bigot, and I'm proud of that. Um, you know, the more that I see in regards to this administration and where America is headed, the more I'm like, wow, maybe I am a homophobic bigot. I don't know. I don't know. By biblical standards, and if you look at what the Bible preaches and what the modern-day left preaches, I, I would definitely be classified as that. <sighs> That's where I that's where I've gotten to in my life now. It's just like, yeah, I guess that's that's who I am now. That's that's it. There's nothing left for me out here except for my YouTube channel potentially eventually getting deleted. Anyway, moving on. So on top of all of that going on in America, we also have Sesame Street being weaponized against the kids. Yes, Sesame Street, apparently Big Bird got his vaccination. And I would just like to give you guys the friendly reminder that puppets can't get myokite artists, but you certainly can. That's all I have to say with that. We saw Elmo tweeting this out as well. Elmo was so happy to talk to Dr. Sanjay Gupta at the town hall today. Elmo learned that Elmo's friends can get the COVID-19 vaccine now, and soon Elmo can too. Yay! I'm so glad that we are using uh, all of these different kids' shows to promote the vaccine for children. And again, this is just another way that the left, that the media is weaponized and we're constantly seeing this propaganda push not only on adults, but children as well. We see Big Bird getting vaccinated. We see Elmo talking to Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who remind you guys here, this is the same doctor who was on CNN saying that Joe Rogan was taking horse dewormer and was condemning him for taking ivermectin. Joe Rogan took him to task on his podcast, and then the media had to do major damage control because he was like, I have no response to this. I don't know. So... That's Dr. Sanjay Gupta. That's who is influencing your children. And it's interesting that we're bringing this up as well, Sesame Street, especially during a time when uh, Gavin Newsom, who took his booster shot now, I believe, 12 days ago, 
He's since canceled all of his scheduled appearances and has not been seen in public since then. Many are speculating maybe it had to do with that booster. The last thing that he posted was a TikTok telling people to get their booster shots. Hey. And then he was never heard from again. It's been 11 to almost 12 days now and no one's heard from Gavin Newsom. But it's a good thing that we have all these uh, Sesame Street puppets out here who will have no real world health adverse reactions to anything. Uh, I'm glad that the these puppets are promoting this very, very safe vaccination to our kids. The same one that Gavin Newsom allegedly got that has taken him out for 11 days. He says that it's a family emergency. That's why he has had to cancel all of his appearances. People speculate otherwise. I doubt we'll ever really know the truth. So do with that what you will. What else is going on in America on top of our Energy sector not looking so good on top of Kamala Harris focusing in on racist trees. Pete Buttigieg focused in on those racist roads. Our press secretary not knowing what the hell is going on and um, Sesame Street being weaponized against your kids. What else can we add to that list to really boost up those approval ratings? Well, we can add to that the U.S. Navy naming a military ship after gay rights leader Harvey Milk, and it's christened by a transgender veteran. This happened yesterday, and we absolutely love to see how progressive America has been while China continues to grow in strength, while they drill into their men's heads in China that guess what masculinity is key and we don't want feminine men we don't want our boys playing on video games and we're stopping all of that North Korea has their troops breaking cinder blocks with sledgehammers on their abs but here in the U.S. we are ahead of it all because we know what really matters we are naming U.S. Navy ships after gay rights leaders and christening said ships by transgender veterans. And this transgender veteran isn't Rachel Levine, our uh, health secretary, but looks just like him. And uh, why do they all look like that? Like, damn, if you're going to be a woman, at least pass off as, as a woman, get a hair straightener or something, put some makeup on. Good Lord, I'm terrified. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just being honest. We see stuff like that. We see the military being completely infiltrated by the woke and insane left. And we wonder what impact that has on our kids and our nation as a whole. Well, this new poll from Arizona Christian University found that 39% of 18 to 24-year-olds identify as LGBTQ in the U.S. Very interesting there. That's a pretty high number. And to be quite honest with you, I'm going to chop this up to the indoctrination of our students via liberal teachers. Over the past decade, we've seen them getting progressively worse and worse. I constantly tell many of my viewers to go listen to Yuri Bezmanov, who was a KGB defector and propagandist expert back in the day. And he talks about the five stages of subversion, how to subvert a country, and essentially that one of those stages of subversion is re-educating an entire generation of said country, which is what we're seeing now. And that's why we have insane college students who are Antifa militants that burned down our country last year. That's why we're seeing this new poll where 39% of 18 to 24 year olds identify as LGBTQ. If we took the same poll, let's say a decade, two decades ago, do you think that these results would be the same? Absolutely not. Because there was not ample time for said generation to be as indoctrinated as they are now. Now it's super hip and cool to be a gay boy. And if you're not one, then you're not special. So gay or bust, kids in America, gay or bust. You want to make it in the military? You want to make it in the CIA? Make sure you have an anxiety disorder and you're attracted to the same sex. Those are the qualifications now. Yeah, let's go America. Strong military. I love to see it. All right, moving on from that, uh, Matt Walsh points out that this past weekend, because 
On the left, they love the LGBTQ agenda. On the right, we don't like it so much. Matt Walsh points out that Trump hosted and attended an event over the weekend where the GOP unveiled its new RNC Pride Coalition. He says if the Republican Party is going to fully embrace leftist sexual identity politics, then it officially serves no purpose. So a lot of right-wingers, specifically parents as well, are saying that if the GOP really wants to be this big tent party where we're constantly welcoming in the same degeneracy that we condemn on the left, what is the point of having a GOP what is the point of being a Republican? What's the point of being on the right? And many have made this argument as well, that the right continues to capitulate and bend the knee to the left so much that the the line continues to get blurred in regards to our speech, in regards to the degeneracy that we allow on our side. And now as a nation, look at where we're currently at. We have parents being called domestic terrorists for trying to speak to school boards about how their daughter was uh, raped in in one of the school's bathroom by a transgender person. So that's where we're currently at right now in America. And we are now seeing the subversion of our entire country via this degeneracy that has been disguised as fun and cool. And like, just do it if it makes you happy. Like being in the LGBT community is great. It's definitely not a slippery slope that's going to lead anywhere, but a great time where we're just, you know, popping rainbow confetti and everything's great. And yeah, sometimes pedophiles try to join the group too, but it's okay because that's just how they feel. And we're all about feelings, right guys? Right. Yeah. You know what isn't about feelings? The justice system in America and trials. Just kidding. It most likely is. Actually, we saw with the Derek Chauvin trial that that was essentially mob rule, the reason why he was convicted with what he was. And because of that trial, I've been concerned with the Rittenhouse trial, but something happened today. They're the state's key witness made a damning confession that had the prosecution literally face palming mid-trial. It's pretty funny to watch, I'm not going to lie. And if you aren't paying attention to the actual case, this is what the media is saying is currently going on from the Daily Beast. The man who survived being shot by Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha, Wisconsin last August testified on Monday that he never tried to kill the heavily armed teenager. In fact, he said at the teen's murder trial, he was actually trying to surrender to him. Oh my gosh, you guys, it was just a big misunderstanding. Uh, This Antifa member, Greg Grosskreutz, who survived the August 2020 shooting, and who everyone in the media is describing as a victim, the lone survivor of this horrendous shooting of this heavily armed teenager. He was just trying to surrender to him, you guys. I mean, come on, that's that's it. It's open and shut. That's all we needed to see. Well, said Antifa member made a very damning confession on trial today. Let's listen to that. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Oh, shit! That's it! That's, that's it. it! That's Directed it! Verdict. Okay, okay. I just want us to all listen to that again. Uh, this is from a live stream of different lawyers who are live commentating on this trial. It's very fun to watch, as you guys can hear. But let's just listen to that confession one more time so we all truly understand what was just said. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him. Then he fired, right? Correct. Oh, shit, that's it! 
So there you go. It doesn't get more clear cut than that. I already ranted and raved that Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't even be on trial. And it's absolutely ridiculous that Kyle Rittenhouse is on trial. But the Antifa member who attempted to murder him isn't. That's the justice system in America in 2020. But there is the there's the confession right there. It wasn't until you were pointing your gun at Kyle Rittenhouse that he then returned fired. Yes, that is correct. How much more clear cut can we get with this case? On top of that, the defense also wanted to introduce this since deleted Facebook post, which purports to show a friend of Greg Grosskreutz remarking that Grosskreutz's only regret was not killing Kyle Rittenhouse and hesitating to pull the gun. And I remember seeing this from Gage Grosskreutz. Sorry, I think I just said Greg. His name is Gage. And I remember seeing this circulating last year when all of this was coming up because oftentimes when big events like this pop up, the first thing that people will do is go dig through social media accounts of the people involved. And this was on the social media account of Gage. Uh, Jacob Marshall says, his only regret was not killing the kid and hesitating to pull the gun before emptying the entire mag into him. Coward referring to his friend on how he didn't shoot Kyle Rittenhouse and wished that he did. So that is a now since deleted Facebook post. Maybe a little hint as to why we shouldn't be deleting historical footage or commentary that could be used in a trial on social media. But what do I know? I'm just a middle-class American who has a YouTube channel. And um, clearly, the American justice system and social media and big tech and the media know much better than we do, which is why we are seeing that one of the biggest portions of this case that everyone should be focused in on and aware of is the fact that the FBI had HD video of Kenosha on the night of the Rittenhouse shooting. Now, not many people are pointing this out, but per the Daily Caller report, FBI lost HD Rittenhouse video, never told the defense it existed. So the bombshell here is that the FBI and Elijah and I are in direct contact with Kyle Rittenhouse's lawyers, and he told me that I could disclose this information, that essentially the FBI had a mass surveillance program going on throughout 2020 to monitor the riots, but the FBI didn't want the people to know that they had a mass surveillance program going on with drones, so they just kind of covered up that HD footage. And all of the evidence and all of the things that were going on in 2020. So just to reiterate, the FBI had surveillance footage of every single riot across the country. And they most likely, because I imagine the FBI has good technology, could identify the people who were there committing arson, committing theft, committing crimes, shooting people. And the FBI sat on all of that. And then the only story that everyone seems to be looking at but brushing past and not understanding the bombshell point here is that the FBI had this footage and then they lost the HD Rittenhouse footage and again never even told the defense that it existed so just some news on that front there the FBI do we need more reasons not to trust them there's another one add that to the list of them trying to set up Americans to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, entice people to break into the Capitol on January 6th, add it to the long list of things the FBI has been tied to, specifically domestic terror events. What else is going on in this trial before we move on to the concert from hell? My friend Julio Rosas is currently in the court and he says that 
uh, well, he's retweeting George Floyd's nephew, Cortez Rice, who makes a claim that he knows people taking photos of jurors inside the Rittenhouse trial in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and his goal is to dox said jurors if they do not convict. I don't have the video, but you guys can go watch it on Twitter yourselves if you'd like. Uh, also, I don't believe this is George Floyd's nephew by blood, but he's constantly calling George Floyd his uncle and he has close ties to him. Um, so I did some research into this. And he's on video here claiming that he's waiting to dox jurors. Hugo Rosas tweets out, I was in the courtroom on Friday and did not see such activity, but this needs to be looked into because potential jurors on Monday said they were concerned for their safety or having their identities revealed. He could be talking big on social media, but this is a very serious claim and that it is because you can't threaten to dox jurors because essentially what that would mean is Derek Chauvin trial part two, where it's mob rule, the jurors are going to be scared to make a decision because they don't want their identities released if they made the wrong choice per the media and per popular opinion. And then guess what would happen to those people? They would be doxxed, they would be threatened, they would be harassed, maybe even potentially killed because that's how crazy things get in this country. We've already seen that many, I, I, I don't know if they're BLM members, just many members of the minority communities, if you will, have already threatened to riot if Kyle Rittenhouse gets off, if he is let off these charges. So that is the justice that is the justice system in America in 2021 and in 2020. It doesn't seem fair in the slightest, and we will see the outcome of the Rittenhouse trial. But after today's confession, it's clear cut. It's been clear cut from the start because of all of the video evidence that we've seen. Another video that I should have pulled in, my friend Richie McGinnis from the Daily Caller was actually testifying because the prosecution was trying to get him and basically say, okay, you were there for the shooting. And when Chad Rosenbaum was killed by Kyle Rittenhouse, how did you know that he was going to reach for Rittenhouse's gun? How did you know that Rosenbaum was really lunging at Rittenhouse in a violent way and that he wanted to hurt him? And Richie, most Richie response he could ever give, just said, well, he said, fuck you, and then lunged for the gun. Amazing clip went totally viral. And that's how this case is going. It's essentially an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm or South Park. It's too ridiculous to be true, but it is America 2021. What else is ridiculous in America? The concert from hell that happened this past weekend. I'll be getting into that in a moment. But first, let's go into a little bit of COVID news, starting off with Aaron Rodgers, who happens to be public enemy number one right now because he is the latest unvaccinated NFL player who tested positive for COVID-19. Now, he doesn't seem to have symptoms. He seems to be fine. He did test positive, but he seems to be okay. And he has since put out a response as to why he has refused to get vaccinated because right now the mainstream media and all of these sports commentators as well are even chiming in and saying that he's irresponsible, that he should have gotten vaccinated. Uh, he's taking ivermectin and taking a couple tips from Joe Rogan. And of course, that led to him being completely slandered and called an idiot because he decided to take his own medical choice into his own hands. Well, let's see why he, he was a bit iffy about getting this vaccine. My knowledge, there has been zero long-term studies around uh, sterility or fertility issues uh, around the vaccines. So that was definitely something that I was worried about. Um, and I went through my mind. Now, obviously, having uh, 
you know, an allergy to an ingredient it took me off of being able to, to take the mRNA anyway. But that, even if I didn't have that, that would be something that would give me a little bit of pause because we don't know what the long-term effects of these are. There's still clinical trials going on through 2023. So to just like when people just say, oh, just get the jab, just get the jab. Well, um, first of all, everybody's body is different, number one. And second of all, there's a lot of things we don't know about this. So so that's that's just one thing I really want to stress there. And again, the organization knew exactly what my status was. My teammates knew exactly what my status was. There was uh, nothing that was hidden. So there you guys go. Again, that is the media never going to play that video. You're never going to hear that statement. To be quite honest, YouTube would probably delete that statement as well for medical misinformation, even though he is correct in saying those clinical trials aren't set to be completed until 2023 and they don't know the long-term effects that this is going to have on people. But of course, he's public enemy number one for wanting to make his own health decisions, despite the fact that we're seeing articles like this one come out from the Epoch Times that reads, researchers call for a halt on COVID-19 vaccines for pregnant women after reanalysis of CDC study. Two researchers say countries should halt the administration of COVID-19 vaccines to pregnant and breastfeeding women after reanalyzing a study performed by the CDC and researchers. So we are now calling for a halt on this vaccination for pregnant women, which is interesting because we are told that this is healthy, safe, and effective for everyone. On top of that, U.S. researchers are investigating heart-related risk linked to the COVID-19 shots. They are exploring several emerging theories, including one centered on the spike protein made in response to vaccination. And this is an article from the Wall Street Journal headline, COVID-19 vaccines and myocarditis link probed by researchers. Several theories are under investigation seeking to explain heart inflammation conditions among the number of vaccinated. Seems like we should have done that research before we mass vaccinated people, but look the other way, Americans, and just get excited about the fact that now in New York, de Blasio is bribing your kid with $100 each if they get vaccinated. That's right. New York City will pay children between the ages of 11 and 5 $100 each to get the COVID vaccine as city-run sites start giving the shot today. And this came out on November 4th. First headline here reads, Mayor Bill de Blasio noted it buys a whole lot of candy when he made the announcement. Well, isn't that so great? If parents need an incentive to give their child up to science, there's $100 for heart inflammation for your child potentially for the rest of their life. And remember that this is about health and safety, which is why Bill de Blasio said that kids can buy a lot of candy with $100 because we all know that candy is 100% the thing that that you need if you want to stay healthy and safe against a virus. So good job there. Let's ignore all of the research and all of these stopped halted COVID vaccines for pregnant women and, you know, the links to myocarditis. Let's not look at that, guys. Let's just take the $100 and go. Thanks to, you know, my kids for uh, getting that jab. We're getting $100 now. Remember as well, uh, various restaurants were offering free donuts, free burgers. Uh, even in New York, they were offering free joints on 420 for people who got vaccinated because it's super hip and cool. And, um, so effective that we are literally being bribed to take it. That's where we're currently at. As it, And this is baffling to me because I want you to understand, too, that this isn't just the government being insane. This is also the flow of information that is being suppressed from the average person. And we see that when we look at tweets like this one. Sky 
On Twitter, from, his name's Dr. Marco. He tweets out, do you know who carried out Hitler's orders? Doctors, not soldiers, doctors. The trial led to the creation of the Nuremberg Code, which became the foundation of modern medical ethics, which has seemingly been forgotten when it comes to the COVID vaccines. And Twitter flagged this tweet as misleading and then put find out why health officials considered COVID-19 vaccines safe for most people. But the fact that they labeled this as a misleading tweet when this man is taking historical context and applying it to what we're currently seeing today. We talk a lot about the rewriting of history, and this is what I'm talking about right here when social media accounts say, well, actually, this is misleading history. And yes, a lot of the orders that were carried out by, but you know, during the Hitler era were doctors and the Nuremberg Code. Yes, in regards to the COVID vaccine, like we are violating um, a lot of the Nuremberg Code, but it's just misleading and we just really would prefer if people didn't talk about that. Thanks. So that's what's currently going on with social media. You can't even try to bring up the juxtaposition of, you know, a historical event to what is currently going on today without being fact-checked as false. That's where we're at. Another thing that's currently going on, and I did a lot of research into this too, because I saw this photo going around and it's NBC DFW next to CBS DFW. And the two headlines read, Fort Worth Dallas Zoo's plan to vaccinate animals against COVID-19. And then on the right side, it says Dallas Zoo giraffe Jesse passes away, marking the zoo's third giraffe death this month. Three giraffes dead in a month. That's kind of wild. And so I was like, okay, well, a lot of times on social media, we just see these headlines posted up and, you know, sometimes the fact checkers can't get to them in time. So I decided, because I'm a good person, to do a little bit more research and digging for you guys to make sure that we are being factually correct when we're reading off these headlines on Twitter. So again, on the left side, we saw that uh, the, the Dallas Zoo is planning on vaccinating their animals. And then on the right side, we saw that three giraffes mysteriously died. So I read into this article here. Dallas Zoo says two recent giraffe deaths likely linked to a toxin. And that toxin, apparently, was exposed to said giraffes through a food source in the exhibit space or introduced via a foreign object. Interesting. What's the missing variable here that uh, we're not seeing in this article that was in those other two headlines? Well, just one of the headlines, actually. Uh, maybe that foreign object. What could that be? This quote goes on to read, we are also testing for zoonotic diseases, including encephalomyocarditis or EMC. That is a big word, my friends. And it was so big that in fact, that I didn't know what it was. It was very scientific. So I said, okay, so they're testing these giraffes for encephalomyocarditis. And the end of that word is myocarditis, which we've been talking about a lot. So what is encephalomyocarditis? Thank you, Merriam-Webster for teaching me how to phonetically say that. I appreciate it. What is it? Well, it's an acute febrile disease marked by degeneration and inflammation of skeletal and cardiac muscle. Well, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? They are now testing these giraffes for encephalomyocarditis after they got vaccinated and could have potentially been introduced to a foreign object. They're now testing said dead giraffes for something that could have degenerated their cardiac muscle. Hmm. 
It's just weird. I'm not saying anything's tied. I'm just saying it's a weird coincidence that I did a little bit of research into. And that's probably why we're seeing many people around America pushing back against this mandate because they are seeing some of these stories. They're kind of like, oh, that's a little bit suspicious. I don't know how I feel about that one. And so they're pushing back. In L.A. today, there were thousands of people out to protest the mandate over there ahead of the deadline coming up for many people in the workforce. Joe Biden still trying to mandate that workers get vaccinated. I believe that deadline has since been pushed from the beginning of December to the beginning of January, but we will see what happens, as I know a lot of military members who have since been denied their religious exemption. We'll see what happens for everybody else. Uh, but nurses, some of the people who are being hit with this mandate, this is their response and what they're currently doing to stand up. Kaiser Permanente just submitted their 10-day strike notice. November 15th, 7 a.m., 32,000 nurses and healthcare professionals will be walking out, and a possible 8,000 more in Hawaii. This is across multiple facilities throughout multiple states. At least 32,000 nurses and healthcare workers will be walking out November 15th. Strikes giving. So there you guys go. Strikes giving up to 32,000 nurses will be protesting next week. So keep your eyes on the hospitals, on the headlines. See if anything comes out of there. Maybe they're just going to be dealing with bad weather like the airlines. Oh, yeah. The nurses aren't striking because of the mandates. It's just bad weather that stopped them from driving into work. Please don't look at the weather. We know that it's 70 degrees and sunny, but it's bad weather just like the airlines. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how the media covers that next week. Keep your eyes peeled for walkouts, not only next week, but this week as well. I know that airline employees here in Dallas, I believe at the American Airlines headquarters, it was Southwest last time, uh, American Airlines this week, they're going to be doing a walkout as well. And it's not just the nurses, it's not just the flight attendants and pilots that are walking out. Uh, Procter & Gamble employees also put out a video. Now you can find this on my Twitter account at RapidFirePod. Um, my friend is an employee there and they asked me to put this video out to get the word out. And they basically said, hey, this is a message to our CEO. What you've seen with the airline industry will happen with many other organizations. Procter & Gamble makes many of the products that we use on a daily basis. And the supply chain will continue to get worse and worse in regards to these products being made if these Procter & Gamble employees strike as well. So keep your eyes peeled on all aspects of the industry. And like our energy press secretary tried to say, or energy secretary tried to say like, oh, well, it's because of COVID. It's because uh, people don't want to get vaccinated. It's not the government's fault. It is the government's fault. Don't ever, ever forget that. The government is the one that is mandating this. The government is the one stopping our economy from being back to full up and running. The government is the one that is causing all of these supply chain issues. The government is the one that paid people more money to stay home than to go back to work. The government is the one who printed trillions of dollars and drove inflation rates up out the roof. And now we have MSNBC saying, oh, well, this is why inflation is actually really good for you. Awesome. And then we had CNBC a month or two ago saying, inflation just means higher paychecks for everybody. Yay. It's not how inflation works, my friends. And I actually was even researching why inflation is a good thing. And they have all these explanations and all of these articles that will try to uh, manipulate and twist what's really going on in this country, but we can all see it with our own eyes, which is why Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's approval rating is so low. Now, 
Some businesses are trying to get through the vaccine mandate by saying, okay, well, we are just going to go ahead and sidestep forcing people to get vaccinated and subject them to weekly testing. I just want to reiterate and remind everybody that that is a that is still a forced medical procedure that one does not need. So, uh, for example, Fox News and Newsmax are forcing employees to get tested once a week or be vaccinated, citing that Biden OSHA rule. And Greg Kelly, who I do love and adore, his Twitter account is freaking hilarious, but he even came out and was like, oh, these are lies about Newsmax. We're not doing that. But a forced test every single week is still a forced medical procedure, an invasive medical procedure at that, one that nobody should be subjected or forced to sit through to keep their job and be able to pay their bills. So final word on that in regard to COVID news. Now let's jump into the horrific rap concert that happened this past weekend that left eight dead and dozens other injured. Uh, mass casualty incident at Travis Scott's Astro World concert leaves eight dead. According to authorities, eight people, including two teens, have been confirmed dead after a mass casualty incident at Travis Scott's Astro World concert in Houston. Now, E News calls this a mass casualty incident. Many people are calling this a satanic ritual where people were straight up sacrificed. And that might seem crazy to you, but many people pointed out the satanic imagery of this entire show. Travis Scott continued to perform well after people asked him to stop because people were falling over left and right. They were getting trampled. It was absolutely insane. This young uh, rapper went to the concert. His video got over a million views and he's basically saying, I've never seen anything like this before. It was like being in hell. People were being trampled. People were passing out. There was death everywhere. The paramedics were so overwhelmed that they would go up to somebody and try to revive them. If they were unresponsive, they'd just move on to the next person. It was it was insane. So these are teenagers. There was a 10-year-old, uh, teenagers that died. Two of the eight were teenagers. A 10-year-old child remains in critical condition. Uh, police confirmed people were trampled at the concert, and they're trying to find out what caused the crowd surge. Now, if any of you have ever watched a Travis Scott concert or Astroworld, you will know that Travis Scott is a huge dick, and he tries to get his entire crowd to mosh, which basically means like people are trampling each other, punching each other, crashing into each other. It's a very chaotic thing. Thing, and that's how his concerts are. And people, again, were pointing to the satanic imagery of this show and all of the various things that were coming out in reporting on this. For example, Travis Scott kept performing at Fatal Concert as crowd shouted, stop the show. Apparently, police had declared a mass casualty event and got in touch with Live Nation, who was running the show. They said they cut the show short, but Travis finished his set performing for another 37 minutes after people died. And then there's some of that imagery there for my podcast listeners. Uh, See you on the other side was the theme of this concert. And as you guys can see, it's a lot of just very satanic imagery here. Um the actual entrance to Astro World is Travis Scott. It's like a gold idol of his head. And then everybody walks through the open mouth of Travis Scott, which many people were comparing to uh, this like satanic imagery of the gates of hell. So a lot of bad vibes, I would say. And the media was just trying to cover it up and be like, oh, Travis Scott didn't know people were dying. It wasn't his fault. Per TMZ, the Astroworld security were pricked in the neck with a needle. Uh, Apparently, someone was also going around and 
vaccinating people, if you will. I don't know. They, they were just injecting people with some substance. They were uh, injecting them with a syringe that made them pass out. And that happened to one of these security guards at Astroworld. So a lot of weird stuff happened at this concert. And on top of the satanic imagery, the fact that people died, the fact that Travis Scott, um, again, notoriously has violent shows and to be quite honest with you, if he knew people died, I doubt he would stop the show. That's just a personal opinion. I'm not saying that's anything that he said or done. Uh, I've just seen his concerts and it's absolutely insane. And it did seem very much like a satanic ritual with bloodshed. That's just what I thought. Look for yourselves. You guys let me know. But that led to satanic panic trending on Twitter today. And the headline reads, some are recalling the debunked satanic panic of the 1980s and 1990s as unsubstantiated claims of Satanism circulating following the tragedy at Astroworld in which at least eight people died. Mike Cernovich comments, what's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled off? Hmm. Interesting one there. I'm sure a lot of you know the answer to that. And we'll leave it there with Astroworld. All right, quick news blitz and we'll wrap up for the show. From Washington Examiner, what's going on with the rest of the world and the rest of the nation, specifically our border? Well, Biden apparently sent 70 secret night flights of migrants from the border to Florida. Uh, this is per the office of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. More than 70 flights transporting migrants from the southern border to Jacksonville have landed in the dark of night in recent months as the Biden administration struggles to empty overflowing border facilities. And apparently the office has since reached out to the administration for comment on who's funding this, why they're being taken to Florida, what's going on. And uh, yeah, they're like, hey, we want to know who's facilitating these mystery flights. And the Biden administration has refused to disclose any information. One official from DeSantis's administration has said. Also, on top of that, we have Project Veritas owner or founder, uh, James O'Keefe, had his apartment raided by the FBI as a part of a probe into Ashley Biden's quote-unquote, stolen diary. Now, this is a very interesting story here because James O'Keefe apparently had Ashley Biden's diary that alleged that she took inappropriate showers with Joe Biden, that she dealt with molestation as a child, uh, drug abuse, a lot of really horrific things. And I actually read the excerpts from said diary. Now, Project Veritas never released it because they said they couldn't substantiate that this was actually Ashley Biden's diary. They couldn't confirm where it came from, so they never reported on it. They never put it out, and apparently they gave it back to law enforcement, and that led to the FBI raiding James O'Keefe's home. Very interesting there on that front. Uh, if you are interested in reading what this alleged diary did say, National File actually did publish excerpts from this diary first, so you can go read that there. But very disturbing. Uh, Eric Matheny on Twitter, who is an attorney, points out, unless Ashley Biden's diary is a matter of national security, there is no reason that the FBI should be involved unless the Biden administration is using the DOJ as its own private Gestapo and targeting effective journalists like James O'Keefe. And it was kind of the Streisand effect, if you will, try to stop everybody from looking at this and then everyone's going to start looking at it type of thing. It's really like every single time the FBI or the DOJ is weaponized against Americans or weaponized against a specific thing, like Hunter Biden's laptop, for example, where Ashley Biden Biden's diary, everyone kind of latches onto the story and is like, okay, well, what's being covered up here? And why is the DOJ feeling the need to get involved with this diary, especially if it's fake? 
those are just the things that people are speculating. And I'm just here reporting that news to you on another episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please remember, if you cannot find this show on YouTube, I do it twice a week. And even if I get a suspension here, you can always find it on my website or on podcast. Trying to get those numbers up. So if you like the show, please go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or the website, anywhere you can find podcasts, really. Go leave a five-star review. Let me know what you guys think of the show, how I can make it better, if you guys like it at all. And uh, also remember, if you'd like to support me, you can do so at savsays.locals.com. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Rapid Fire. We got through a lot of news today. We really covered everything. Joe Biden's low approval rating, uh, concert from hell, Rittenhouse trial. I'm really proud of us. Just round of applause for everybody who made it to the end because we covered a lot of content today. Thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate your support always. I'll see you guys next time.